So NASCAR crew chief and sandbagging son of a bitch, <laughs> Cole Pern. <laughs> if you could describe this dinner we just had in uh, one word, what would it be? Uh, I'd go chill. Chill. Wow, that's so Canadian. <laughs> And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I am not Ryan Eversley. I'm Ryan Eversley. Oh, but I am Sean Heckman. You're Sean Heckman. So uh, we are literally driving back from Charlotte, North Carolina, on the way to Atlanta, Georgia. And we are literally hours away from my flight to Los Angeles and Ryan's flight to SEMA. Get me out of this Acura MDX. Because we have been on the road for 34 days yeah. driving 13 thousand miles a new record across 25 states in uh hey ryan what kind of car an acura mdx on uh continental tires cross contact lx sports sports, sports. sports. hey we, remember last year when we said we weren't going to do this again with the crazy road trip yeah and we drove a thousand miles farther yeah, we said let's go time. further three yeah three more days yeah let's do this a little bit worse yeah right yep. got it so congratulations all right. Uh, but it was well worth it uh, because in our 29 episodes, one of them was none other than Cole Pern. Copernicus. Copernicus. Perned it. Now, for those who don't know Cole's story, Pern he it down. is our first NASCAR crew chief, I believe. Pern it up. Uh, Cole Pern is currently the crew chief of the number 78 Furniture Row Toyota Truex. Getting that Martin Truex money. Toyota Camry. <laughs> and uh, at the time of this recording, and remember, we do these hosting sequences weeks before these things go out. So currently, Cole Pern and Martin Truex Jr. are in the thick of the playoffs. They have three more races to go, but very much in the thick of the championship. By the time you hear this, you'll know more than we do about how they actually did. Uh, but uh, the dude is a legend. He's from where? Canada? He's from Ontario. Canada? <laughs> Canada. Is that a place? He's a Canadian uh, that uh, moved over to NASCAR country and uh, has kind of stayed there ever since. He's kind of a huge guy to get, not just because of the fact his team is doing so well, but between Cole's general attitude as well as just what Furniture Row is in the sport, right. everything about them is different. They're not in Charlotte. Word. Cole is Canadian. Dig. Cole does not dress the part of a crew chief, and we talk about all of these things. Say word. Things you're going to hear about. Dig. Uh, quitting one job before he ever started. What triggers Martin Truex Jr.? How Kurt Busch was as a driver to work with and how he treated his crew. That was pretty cool. Uh, how not to use social media. He's a cheating son of a bitch. Uh, we learned that Bob is, in fact, his uncle. Bob is his uncle. Beauty, uh, eh? We talk a lot about the differences between Charlotte and Denver. And he gives his championship prediction that you already know the answer to. So, uh, we headed out to Denver's own Root Down, a cool little kind of almost hipster-like restaurant. Yeah, really cool place. Uh, what did you get? I had the uh, uh, lamb. Cole and I both had the lamb sliders, and they were spot on. And I had the... No, you didn't. Don't, don't you say it. I did. Don't you say but it. But I had the chicken sandwich. 
why won't that joke die? Because chicken sandwiches are good. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and we met on apparently National Pharmacy Technician Day. <laughs> so uh, I think that's all you need to know. All right. The legend, the possible NASCAR champion, Colpern? Colpern. Thanks to Acura, Foxy Wraps, and Continental Tire for making it all possible. Do you guys have to do this now? Come on, I'm, I'm trying to drive. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Hey, okay, cool. Sean. Cool. That's me, man. Don't don't touch yeah. him. I got two sick kids at home. So All right, yeah. It's kind of a busy couple weeks for you. <laughs> <laughs> you drinking, man? What do you? What's your what's your drink of choice? Uh, I don't know. I go all over the place. Yeah. I was saying to Sean earlier, I think I tweeted once, I'm like, I want to drink a beer with Cole Pern at some point. <laughs> well, and, then, and then I was like, oh, oh, we actually are going to do no, that probably. Do yeah. Sweet. Oh. I'll get a beer. Boom. <laughs> all right. So you walk in with the Blue Jays hat. Now, is that because of us to, like, push the Canadian pride, or is that is that really just your everyday hat? No, I uh, I don't always wear a hat, but I had hockey last night, and I wore a hockey last night, and it was still... Sitting, uh, sitting by the back door when I left this morning. So, right. fair enough. Normally, when I have hockey, I'm a little tired the next morning. Yeah, so, you play like a local rec league? <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. a local men's league. So, how good are the players in it? Oh, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's hit and miss. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, some weeks were pretty tough. You know what I mean? Pretty fast paced. Right. And then other weeks, it's a little bit older team or something like that. And then maybe it's a little more lax. So oh, it's oh. kind of hit. You never know what you're going to get. Is it just like pickup? Uh, no, it's a league. Okay. Yeah, it's a league. What so. team are you on? Uh, our team is called UCA. So they got, they've been in the league for like 30 years or something. Oh, okay. okay. So <laughs> there's a few guys that are original, original team, team right. members. So, but it's when I first moved to Denver, I got on that team and they're been on ever since they're a great group of guys. So it's really fun. Uh, it's kind of nice just getting away. Do, do the guys on the team know what you do for work? Yep. Okay. So yeah, they follow. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So now in any club, anything, I don't care if it's racing or, or especially like flag football or, or softball or whatever it is there's always that spectrum of guys like the two guys that take it way too goddamn seriously for the <laughs> rec league. there's a couple guys that are just there for fun but like it maybe should take it a little more seriously and then there's the guys that are just happy to be there and they don't give a shit. where where are you in that spectrum i'm probably in the the middle to last third of what you described so <laughs> definitely not in the i know I'd, i know i didn't make it but there are those people that you know still this think the scouts and scouts are sitting in the got stands the dream. got the dream <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. So you live in this area? Um, we used to live used to live downtown. Now I live in Golden. So, okay. um, but we used to live uh, just kind of across the highway. So okay. we lived there for quite a while, and then now I got two young kids. So right. we moved out to Golden uh, two years ago. I guess. Right. Where's the shop in relation to where we are now? Pretty close, like okay. maybe like ten minutes. Okay. Just uh, just kind of east of the east of the city. Yeah, because so we drove we drove yeah. past a couple of furniture row like dealers. Yeah. You know, is it in that same little area? No, there's like a there's kind of. There's like a Safeway distribution center that's okay. just off of I-70, and then we're kind of in in back behind I there. Gotcha. So you never know there's a race shop there. Right, right. Yeah, that's probably thing, nice. I assume, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh mostly most of the area has been bought up by marijuana growers actually. Oh, nice. It's kind of the the whole hotbed for it. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting. So we get some good smells, I guess. <laughs> a lot of some mornings is pretty ripe. Do the birds fly like crooked? Or, you know, like <laughs> no, there's like the Prina. There's a dog food factory, okay. and then all the weeds. So it's like the there's a joke commercial in Denver. It's like the the sounds of I-70. Kind of jumping forward. Do you uh, uh, you know 
we are huge NASCAR fans, but but we work not in NASCAR. Yeah. Um, do you follow any other forms of motorsport? Absolutely. Okay. Because like yeah. we saw, like your latest tweet was about Hinchcliffe and potentially uh, Robert Wickens yeah. coming up, which obviously has a Canadian influence for yeah, you. Yeah, Robert Wickens. I grew up racing. He's a few years younger than me, so is Hinch. But uh, um, I didn't really race much with Hinch. Race all the same circles, but. Right. Uh, uh, Wickens actually ran like my local car club. Like okay. we used right. to help. I helped him a lot when he first started. You know, kind of. You grew up in like southeast Ontario. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the karting world there is a very like tight, tight knit uh, community. It's like right. most racing, I guess, anywhere. Right. So I mean, but uh, yeah. So uh, kind of neat if the if the two of them were to be on an IndyCar team together. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sure. cool. Good. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, with the players days and yeah, you right. know, all those guys. You know, that's kind of where I really wanted to go as IndyCar um, originally. Um, but uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's been a big shift. You know, since players and you know cigarette right. sponsorships kind of gone away, it's you know kind of neat to see. Uh, you Thank know, you. those guys you aspire to. Good for yeah, one. exactly. I mean, you're a yeah. couple of years younger than me. I mean, you're right in basically between Ryan and my age. Yeah. Uh, so I assume, like, the guys you were looking up to were probably, like, the Greg Moores or the Jacques Villeneuve of the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Carponche and Tegliani mm-hmm. and Tr- Paul Tracy and all those guys. You know, there was a good, big Canadian contingent, you yeah. know what I mean, there in yeah. the mid-'90s. So yeah. a lot of people to cheer for. Yeah. yeah. And that was the goal when you started karting? No. Well, my dad raced stock cars, so that's kind of what I grew up around, um, you know, kind of going all to the kind of stock car tracks in Ontario and stuff. And then uh, so that's what I first liked was NASCAR, that kind of world, you know what I mean? And then through karting and it's kind of Zach grew and got better in karting. And then all of a sudden, you know, all these Canadians burst on the IndyCar right. scene. And then IndyCar was really awesome yeah, in, yeah. in the mid-90s, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? So that was more of the shift. And then it kind of shifted back into stock car world because I realized we didn't have the money to go <laughs> open wheel racing. Right. So right. it was a little bit more... Uh, you know, made more sense, I guess, to go the, the stock car route at that point. Because you ran Cascar for a while. Yeah. It's pin, the pin, Pinties? Pinties. Pinties, yeah. Pinties ice cream. Pinties. Is the sponsor uh, they're, now? Is they're that what it is? Ch- it's like, like uh, frozen chicken and stuff oh, like that. Okay. Like, uh, cool. Yeah. So, But basically, the, the Canadian NASCAR series, yeah. that's what you ran as a driver. Mm-hmm. Wait, did Cascar run uh, Three Rivers? Yeah. Yep. I never, ra- I never actually ran it though. It ah, was like okay. it was uh, on yeah. and off the schedule there a little bit. So I never ran it. We ran, obviously, ran Quebec, ran like Saint Eustache and right, uh, Montmagny, Saint Croix. We we were curious about the, this particular choice of restaurant. Like I, we weren't sure if this is a staple or if this is what you thought might be hip, uh, because you're known as like the t-shirt and hoodies guy on the pit box, and here it's the land of like flannels and hipster beards. And uh, we weren't sure. Yeah, cool Denver hats. Denver is very hipster. Yeah. Hipster central. So, so where does that fit cool, with you? Cool hats. Uh, I fit in. Do you? I, I, yeah. You know, I, I don't fit yeah. in totally because I don't live here enough to fit in totally. <laughs> I don't find. But it's like I pretend to be cool when I'm when I'm in sure. Denver place, I guess. So, so right. have you ever yeah. had a moment where you just looked at like a guy and go, oh, f*** your hat? Like, have you ever said that? <laughs> Not too often. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm generally, like, as I've seen fashion trends through the world, I'm not going to say anything's not in style. So I just generally realize, like, wow, I'm really out of fashion right now. R- right. R- yeah, right. Speaking of which, like, so, like, you on the pit, like, this is one of the things we both love, is that, like, you are a T-shirt and hoodies guy when you're in the pit box. Yeah, I just kind of, I don't know. I never felt, I don't know, I don't really like if we're in college shirts too much, yeah. so I was right. just, uh. I don't know. It's kind of one thing I started doing and nobody said anything and then just kept kind of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was something. So it just kind of grew from there. Even when I was a race engineer, I was 
I always would wear a t-shirt, so I just never really changed when I started right. recruiting. Yeah, they always them. say dress for the job you want, but... Uh, yeah, Cole Burns says f*** that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I never understand why those guys wear fire suits. I mean... Right. I mean, I never see them down fixing the car when it's on fire or sure. anything, yeah, so yeah. I don't really understand <laughs> the point of it. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it's, if, God forbid, like, Furniture Row went away and Roger Penske came calling, would, oh, would the color shirt go happening? Or were you like, no, I'm doing hoodies, Roger. I don't I care don't what know. you say. Penske would be tough. I'd have to shave and right. yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure I have a clean haircut. That'd, yeah. be, a, that'd be a tough sell. <laughs> Tuck my shirt in, which <laughs> I don't like doing. So. <laughs> uh, I appreciate those guys. I, I find it interesting. You know, you've been in the sport for a while. You see the people that have worked other teams, and then they go to Penske, and it's like, whoa, you guys. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. got all cleaned up. You realize what you're <laughs> capable of. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that seems to be like Furniture Row. I mean, it's not like we know Barney Visser, the whole culture of the team, but it seems like your attitude's very conducive to that kind of environment. Yeah, totally. I mean, he, he'll wear a polo shirt most days and, you know, never barely wears anything with team branding on it even. Right. You know, he likes to kind of fly under the radar. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, if you saw our shop, it kind of flies under the radar. It just kind of fits in the whole the whole mantra of the, the whole, whole team. team I'd say. Right. You know, once I got to understand it, and, you know, really, now I love it. I, I don't right. know that I could go back the other way. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Is there any big down, downsides to being in Denver, being so far away from Charlotte? Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough when we got to go, like, for NASCAR-type stuff, right. you know, because there are tech centers there. Like so, yeah. yeah, I mean, the wind tunnel's there, tech center's there, so that's that part's tough. Um, what about guys? Because I would assume a lot of guys may not want to relocate. And Yeah, so it's interesting. We have a big open-wheel culture here. Like, we have yeah. a lot of people, you know, from Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, Roosport was here. Right. Yep, yep. So we have a lot of leftover Roosport people. Yeah. Um, and then there's just a lot of, you know, I'd say the rest is built of people that were wanted out in North Carolina. Interesting. You know, yeah. you know it's kind of a, that's a tough place to live in a lot of ways just because you're, you know, you see all the same people all the time. It's kind of like accessible in a way of, you know, information going around. It's yeah. just really yeah. like a jealous kind of place, you know, and it's yeah. just here you're totally separated from it. So yeah. right. I think, uh, you know. I think that part of it and just having the opportunity to have a different lifestyle, you know yeah. what I mean? Not, you know, there's a lot of people that that's, you know, enticing enough to, and I mean, that's ultimately what drove me to come out here in the first place. Right. So there's a bunch of people like me right. in, that, in that same regard. Yeah. That was actually one of the things that blew me away is kind of going through your Twitter feed. There's a mountain bike picture and uh, judging by the sunlight, it couldn't have been any later than like 5:30. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, holy shit, he's getting out at 5:30 and able to go, riding around for a couple of miles absolutely like, that, yeah, yeah i can go from my doorstep so you know i can get home at five o'clock or whatever you yeah. know especially in the summer and right. you can get a two-hour ride in or something like that or you know so it's uh just having all that so accessible is is you know really unparalleled and be able to work in racing is right, right. you know i was like you gotta be kidding me yeah, yeah yeah we'll jump around a little bit but uh so obviously your relationship with truex over the years has become incredibly close but this year has been i mean how good you guys have gone this year you guys kind of always pride yourselves on being an underdog but specific to martin you know he's been able to prove over the years that he could win but then this year i mean he just sort of shot out like a cannon in terms of his ability to get up front have you seen any change in him not so much in a leadership standpoint but in terms of uh, is there a confidence gain or anything that's changed with him or is this just sort of the program finally making uh, matching to where he's been at yeah yeah i think it's a lot of things i mean i i I noticed a big shift in him i don't i don't i wouldn't say a big shift in but 2015 you know, as as bad as 2014 when he came in really focused, ready to go, knowing yeah. that this had to be a good year, you yeah. know, it really needed to be a, a good year. So I think uh, from that standpoint, he was really bought in right off the get-go. And, the, and then it was easy to be bought in at the same time. I mean, we just, we had, 
I don't know. It just went. It just worked really, really well. You know, yeah. just the people we brought in for that year. We brought in some great people that, you know, really helped me. You know, and and just I don't know. It really like somewhat luck induced. You know what right. I mean? Just timing, I guess. But uh, you know, the right people kind of came together, and we just formed this nucleus that is uh, really had everybody on the same page. And right. you know, I think as that went. And, you know, Martin got more bought into it, you know, even more as it went. We started having success. It was like, you know, just laid a really positive groundwork for, to, you know, for you to continue to ascend, I guess. Right. So, you know, I guess his resources and, you know, switching to Toyota and, and partnering with Joe Gibbs Racing and just all those things kind of came together. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, for him, he's being compared to, you know, Kyle Bush's and Denny yeah. Amlin's and, you know, Carl Edwards and those guys. Um they do so many other little things, intangible things really well. And it just, him being around that, I think was a, a huge boost to him as yeah. well. And just forced him to, you know, kind of dot all those I's, cross those T's that maybe when you run a mid pack, you don't, you know, you're so focused on yeah, going fast. Exactly. You're not, you're not focusing on all those things. And then as we've started, the speed, it was kind of there more so. And you're in contention to win races. It forces you to get good at all those other things. Right. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of caused him to just, you know, he's had the aptitude the whole time. It's just, you know, being the so situation where place. he could uh, elevate to the next level. And I think that's what you've seen, you know, this year for sure. You right. worked with uh, Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick, you know, both as, like, engineer positions. Yeah. Both of those guys are known for being a little volatile, especially with the crew when it doesn't go right. What's the worst thing you've been called by either of those two guys? Uh, um, Kevin, that was probably we, – we, he fired half the team when we were in Phoenix <laughs> – Right. And he was like, he was like, Richard, if it was me, I'd fire half these motherfuckers tomorrow. And it was like, we all looked at each other and were like, we're probably in that half group of motherfuckers. <laughs> sure enough, we got fired that week. Well, we didn't get fired. We just got put on a different team. So that was probably the worst Harvick. Uh, right. Because ultimately, because it was the, the final one. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Kurt, Kurt was, uh, I love Kurt. So I, I uh, as much as. You know, him and I, him and I got got along really well. You know, um, it was a, it was a struggle at times. He would, you know, you know, he's got prone to get wound up and stuff like yeah. that when things don't go well. But you know, outside of that, he's the most awesome guy you could ever imagine. Right. So it's like, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's an interesting balance to to get to learn. You know what I mean? But most of the time, I'd say for him, the most time he would get the most frustrated would be at himself. Okay. Yeah. Like if he were he were to make a mistake or. You know, it was on him or something like that is right. when he would really, you know, flip the chip, yeah. you know, yeah. and go into full rage mode. So, right. um, which I could, I could tell endless Kurt stories as far as, the, <laughs> as, far as that goes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, we were lucky. We had a really good team like uh, Matt Faulkner, who's one of our engineers right now in the shop and Top Bears crew chief. Yeah. The three of us just got along really well so we'd be like all right it's your turn this week and mm -hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> well, you got to handle it <laughs> like we have a, a good mutual buddy andy lally who mm -hmm. in the sports car world is notorious for getting very lit up and won't shut the f up when he's on the radio yeah <laughs> um but it hits a point like it, you know it depends on the situation but it hits a point where we're not taking it serious and calming him down we're just sort of laughing sure behind closed doors like what is <laughs> when, when it comes to a guy like kurt are you laughing half the time, like oh, this fucking guy, or or are you trying to? Oh, we'd get to the point. Like he'd be freaking out and be like, "Dude, you're crazy." You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you know, like just kind of shake it off early on. At first, the first few times, you're like, oh, right. "What?" Right, right. You know, but uh, but uh, you know, he'd have his rant and he'd calm down and he'd be ready to go. You know what I mean? So it was uh, you kind of learnt the flow of it too. You're right. like, 
So it was uh, it was interesting for sure. But I mean, his talent is just unbelievable. You yeah. know what I mean? When he has his mind into it, and you know he's on point. I was you know still have you know seen uh, rare to see that that type of talent for right, sure. Right. right. All right, so we'll assume for a second that a good part of our fan base is our road racing types. Yeah. Um, so let, let's establish a little bit about what Furniture Row really is, because that's not necessarily obvious to people that don't follow NASCAR. So Furniture Row, we, we talked about this, but you guys are based in Denver, not North Carolina. The owner is Barney Visser, who's a co-owner of Furniture Row and, and a few other businesses out here. Um, but what's unique to him is, I mean, for example, the car is straight black, no contingency sponsors on there if they don't have to be on. Mm -hmm. um, What's the culture like with what he creates? Because it's sort of a, I mean, just looking at the car, it stands out. Yeah, I think uh, I think once you understand Barney, it's just like, you know, for a lot of times it was his own, you know, his own investment going into it. So right. in his mind, it was like, it wasn't about marketing. It was right. about running well. And right. if he ran well, that was the marketing. So, I mean, you could, you know, f it was a hard thing at first because so many other teams pushed the marketing aspect before they pushed the performance yeah, aspect. Right, right, and then right. with him, it's all about, we're going to, you know, push the performance aspect and then the marketing aspect will just come with that right so right. you know i think uh for him it's it's all we always joke like if we need to go buy a two hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of equipment and we told him it was gonna make the car faster no problem but if we told him we need a new hauler because it looks nicer absolutely not <laughs> nice you know okay. so that's the uh, you <laughs> know a few sports car guys we can introduce him to yeah like <laughs> we have to have a big fancy hauler because that's what you have to have but if yeah. it was up to him we probably wouldn't even have that it'd be know? just some so open face whatever yeah he, nice. you know okay. he's Ramp truck. so yeah. i think once you get a you know once you got your mind around that because so many people in i think in big motorsports are so much used to the show the and show, stuff right. Right. Yeah, yeah. and then you know it was kind of like this stripped down version of the show but it was like same right. time it's like the money will be there if, if we're going to spend it on the right things yeah. and right. you know i think it even took me a bit to to understand that you know but once you do then you'd love it it's right. it's a dream job from that standpoint so your dad ron was a racer before you mm -hmm. and then when you wanted to go racing was he supportive of it I think I almost got told I was going racing, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. but okay. you know, I would, no, not quite. I mean, I, I, you know, I idolized that whole racing world. I mean, that's what I grew up. We did every weekend. You know, what I mean, that's all I knew growing up. Right. So, I didn't even know about go kart racing, and all of a sudden they bought me a go kart to run around the field and did that, and then boom, the next year we were going, you know, going racing in our yeah. local car club. I had no idea that even existed. So, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a kind of interesting how it all went you know i blame uh, i blame them for all all of this you right, know right. so i probably <laughs> yeah you know it's uh you what know, did your parents do uh my dad was uh dad sold farm equipment he was a sales uh national sales manager that's kind of like the mill a little bit a little bit we'll go yeah. yeah and then my mom was uh design kitchens now she sells real estate so yeah. she's yeah. uh yeah they're both both business you know both business oriented people sure. but did your dad ever threaten you with you having to sell farm equipment if you didn't win? No. Definitely not. No, <laughs> I never... Uh, we need to go back a step. <laughs> yeah. Are you, you, know are you a fan of ESPN yeah, yeah. films? Uh, yeah. All right, have you ever seen the movie 3? Uh, yes. Barry yes. Pepper. All right. <laughs> yeah. I All never right. got I never got threat that threat no okay we yeah. we we may have been watching it a lot over the last few days <laughs> we're stuck in the car a lot on this trip yeah yeah, gotcha. yeah. and uh, so we're obsessed with the mill yeah yeah so there was never the like you'll go back to the mill yeah like, I ain't going back to that mill dad no no yeah. I never although it probably uh, would be like you're going back to the mill eh <laughs> yeah <laughs> not <laughs> that dramatic no <laughs> yeah they were, well, I think I probably put that pressure on myself you know it's right like, I knew uh, I worked a lot of regular jobs at times so it's like I knew that. What was your last no. real job? Uh, I worked at Toyota. 
Yeah. I was but like NTRD or something? No. Oh, uh, no. Manufacturing. Oh, oh okay. nice. Yeah. yeah. So. That's kind of like the mill. That's, yeah, that's the mill. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess the factory. That's, yeah, You're literally mill. Yeah, yeah, true. I guess you could put it that way. Yeah, so. I ain't going back to that factory. No, not going back to the factory. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good job, though. Honestly, I can't. I can't speak. Uh, where, what, like, well where was that? Uh, in Ontario. So ah, okay. And it was good. I mean, right. it's funny. Like I, uh, I still use a lot of Toyota. Like. You know, you're brainwashed in the Toyota manufacturing world and all that. And we can't air this podcast at we'll all. We'll just bleep every time he says Toyota. Yeah. I, I race for a Honda and Acura. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 well, no, I mean, Honda's the same way. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. That's you know, Honda's, that's good. we had a Honda plant like two hours away. I mean, it's kind of the same yeah. same mantra, so. Right. So you're 35 now. Yeah, last week. So happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, have you had to fire somebody yet? Yep. Because you're a boss. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you, like are you the youngest crew chief? We were talking um, about this earlier. It's got to be pretty I, close. I know right? I was when I when I started. I don't know if anybody is younger now or not. So yeah. yeah, at the time I was the youngest. Yeah, for a young guy, like that's got to be kind of an empowering thing. But also, you have to do the bad stuff too. If somebody <laughs> up, you got to <laughs> cut them loose, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we. Uh, I don't know. My management style is more like I'm. Uh, I'm very team. Like we're all kind of all in it together, yeah. kind of guy. You know, because I I think just you know I've been part of the other situations where it is the commander chief and. You know, people get so afraid where they don't speak. So, right. you know, we've kind of created a really comfortable culture where we're all really involved. So that when something's f***ed up, people yeah. speak up. Right. And, you know, feel like, you know, they're not going to get, you know, their hand slapped or whatever. So it's a pretty laid back environment that way. Like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get fired up when I need to get fired up. Right. You know what I mean? But the same same sense, we're going to all ride home together and, and joke about it afterwards. And right. they'll give me when I'm an asshole and right. you know yeah, we're yeah. kind of well because you have to you're probably younger than some of the guys you work that work for you yeah right? actually uh, uh, some but I mean we have a it's kind of unique too like when I you know just was fortunate when I took over being crew chief we had to make hire a lot of people that winter and and uh, you know just hired I hired people I liked and sure. turns out they're all similar age so now we have this team that's yeah. all very similar age right. people that's you know cool. so I think that's uh you know, we all go to dinner together almost every night because we want to go out for dinner yeah, with everybody every yeah. night. You know, we're, you know, we all chose to live in Colorado because we all want to live in That's got to be one of the advantages you know? of Colorado is that you're not going to go to North Carolina. You know, you're not in Moore's yeah. still having dinner with your other buddies from some right, other Right, so we have this so. very, like, equal, you know, mindset. We all have very, right. dif- you know, different personalities, but we generally like hanging out together. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I haven't really had to, I haven't had to fire and actually really too many i mean that's been one good like thing. 20 25 people <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> early on i think that probably went more when we were building the team but yeah, you yeah. know lately the last few years we really haven't had a lot of turnover right. at all so yeah. it's been uh, it's been pretty easy that way do you have somebody you look up to as a crew chief that you try to mimic their their style of management um i don't think you can m- you mimic exactly but i mean todd barry was like the yeah. crew chief yeah. i worked with the most right. and you know he's still i talk to him every day he's my you know, one of my best friends in, in, in the track and in life. So, um, you know, I always go to him for, you know, coaching, you know, right, at times yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, am I f***ed up here? You came in as a crew chief younger than most guys, but you also came in with an engineering degree, which means you're a young goddamn college boy <laughs> uh, from f***ing Canada. Yeah, uh, I was uh, working at the mill. Yeah, I was yeah, working yeah, at the, working but that's my point. Like, you didn't come from two decades of uh, turning wrenches. Is there a story? Is there a guy who pulled you aside and said, you ain't going to make it, kid? Um, going I back to the plan. What was his name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going back to Toyota. Yeah, I mean, I was, when I quit, um, I, the um, mill. a friend of mine was, uh, 
friend of mine from Waterloo um, in my class was. That's uh, a place in Canada, by the way. Yeah, Waterloo, <laughs> not sir. a battlefield. University in of Waterloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, cl- friend, a friend of mine in my class, one of the other few mechanical engineers who was really kind of diehard into racing. Yeah. Um, he uh, he had got hired at RCR, and uh, you know from our Formula SE car, they had. Oh, they that had there you okay. go. That's a common theme here. Yeah, so uh, I worked on the Formula C car, but I raced at the same time, so I never went to the, could never go to the competition because it was uh, always right. like in May and we were racing. So, um, now, you, can you insult like a bunch of 20 year olds listening right now and just say you went to real racing? <laughs> yeah. You find most people that are good in the sport, like good engineers, they are all, really? all came out of Formula C. Our head like race engineer is, uh, you know, was on Cornell's team when they were really good. And you, and you find they go with the program. Like certain schools are good every year but then some schools kind of are good right you know good one year and then not so great for a bit and then it's like usually when they have those peaks it's because they had really good people there and then yeah. you track those people and you know they're pretty good in sport right. somewhere yeah. Yeah. yeah did you struggle when you arrived in north carolina because you basically graduated you, you quit toyota you moved to north carolina yeah. you worked for rcr uh i didn't even know if i had a job i, I oh no it no was like the pack the station wagon and just yeah. go. Yeah, so nice. then I slept drive on away from the, <laughs> the drive away from the mill. Yeah, I drove away from the mill. So <laughs> I, uh, I was like, screw it. I'm, I was supposed to. But you hear that story a lot, though. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. just like, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I got to do it. So, yeah. you know, I quit. Yeah. And they're like, well, where are you going to work? And I'm like, oh, I don't have a job yet. Yeah. They're like, what? Like, no, I yeah. had a really good job there. Like, right. it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, I. Benefits, tenure, yeah. they were very nice yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, me. people were really like, it was like, you know, <laughs> what people you like doing, that man? job. Yeah, They're yeah. like, you're going to do what? And I'm like, well, I got to do it now, you know, if right. I'm never going to do it. So right. For long, life's going to be in the way of doing that stuff right. like that. And you were so. single and all that at the time? No, uh, we were, oh, da- well. my wife and I were still dating at the time, but. And yeah, she, she was cool with going to North Carolina? Oh, uh, yeah, she Is knew. she also Canadian? Uh, she is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she knew that was, like, the right thing to do. And we were both looking to do something, you know? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I, I stayed with a friend of mine, uh, Petey Shepard, who was uh, a development driver for Roush at the time. Oh, okay. So and him, his dad raced my dad and, right. you know, kind of stayed there for, like, a, a month and a half, two months maybe. And I think after the first month, I, got, I actually got hired at Everham. And I went home to get the rest of my stuff. Um because I was going to move down, and uh, at the time I went home, and when I was at home, RCR called and had a you know wanted to interview Offer. me for a job. Yeah. So and it was probably going to be a little bit better job. Right. So I drove back down with <laughs> not my stuff, and then ended up uh, going and interviewing at RCR. And then I I was supposed to start at Everham like the next Monday, and I quit on the Friday because oh, I got the wow. RCR job. <laughs> so I was like, here I was all excited that I got this job, and turned out Everham. You about to say I've yeah. been around a week. I'm already people yeah over. the Gillettes end up buying Everham and they <laughs> went out of business and that was the best one of the best yeah, decisions I ever made yeah. <laughs> and I, I apologize what's your wife's name Carrie did you ever say Carrie I ain't going back to that plant no you never said that <laughs> all right we gotta stop I don't right. think I we've already overused that. the mill joke <laughs> she would but sounds yeah, like she was fine I, with all I of wouldn't this. say that we've had times like you know when you get burnt out and you're like man maybe we should just move home or right. whatever right. and uh you know, she's like, you go back, you go back there, and then we both look at each other and we're like, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so the big, the the thing that put you on my radar is just like a other than just a crew chief was the Logano tweet. Yeah, that probably like made yeah. you well known. Yeah, and I immediately <laughs> read it. And I don't have a, I don't have a thought on Logano as good or bad. Yeah, but I thought that guy just said that. Yeah. Because he probably was like, screw it, I'm saying this. Yeah. And that's that. I'm like, okay, that's real. Yeah. And that's kind of how I am. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I was pissed off because we got wrecked in the middle of the race. So let's so like, let's yeah let's let's yeah. let's read the tweet. Um, let's relive it. Yeah. So the do do you remember what it was verbatim? Yeah, say I it, get told about it, it all the time. Do it. You can say it. I don't really <laughs> want to go down there. I got Just Google Colbert. I guess Joey Logano can't <laughs> see through his squinty, douchey eyes. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to make me talk bad about Joey Logano. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. It's no, more about it was the inspiration. More, it was the guy. I was like, yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, just because yeah. he thought something and he said it. No, it, it was, was like, like that's a, that. It and was then, like a seriously like a what the fuck moment. Yeah. What the fuck just happened? Right, right, right. So I think... Yeah, we were uh, we were leaving the racetrack and we were in the van and I was like, I typed it out because that was what exactly what I was thinking. How many beers? None. No beers. No, I oh don't have any beers at that point. Okay. So just a little bit of anger and right, a little more than a little. Yeah, a little bit of anger and um, and then I was like, I thought it got to the point and I asked the guys in the van and they all oh. came. In, two of them were like, and then. You know, yeah, but there's the always the one guy's like, yeah, 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 do, 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 exactly. I did have the one guy's like, oh yeah, yeah. do it. <laughs> this is why it's been a terrible trip for us. <laughs> right. So, I so we have say, say the thing. We have a good balance of the angel and the devil on your shoulder in my van. Right. So right. I was like, and I'm on the devil side usually, so I'm like, tweet, and then <laughs> I hit tweet, and then like put my phone away, and then by the time I got to the airport, which is like <laughs> we were in California, so like Ontario Airport, oh, only yeah, like yeah, it's only like ten minutes away. I pulled out, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> so did you choose to delete it or did somebody suggest you deleted it? Uh, so we flew home and then I got called and then it was a big drama and then it was basically like... Oh, so it took like a day. Uh, no, it was that night. Okay. Who, yeah, who that calls? Night. Is it the team Our or PR series? guy. Okay. Yeah, he's All like, right. we're getting a lot of pressure over this. We better do something here. So you're on social media, obviously. That's where you tweeted this. Mm -hmm. How much did you get from Logano fans? Oh, yeah. That was my favorite pastime for a while was just blocking Logano fans. Uh, okay. If, sure. As soon as they say something bad about me, I'm like, ah, oh, f*** you, block. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever trolled anybody else? Like a fan? No. Okay. No, I try not to. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't done that too much. But but actually on the on the Furniture Row side, uh, in my head, like if you were with somebody maybe more conservative culture, oh, yeah. you would have known better to even not tweet it to yeah, begin with. Even, in my, in my head, even. that's where Furniture Row is awesome. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even. If I worked at a big team, I wouldn't even thought of doing that. Right. Right. So when you tweet anything from a position, because NASCAR fans oh, I made are a die hard. Well, I, it was like two weeks before I made like a Kyle Busch like signed a fan's oh, flag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's I was like, one. "What if one. he didn't want it signed?" Yeah, yeah. And I was just joking. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, the f Twitter feed was like filled with all these Kyle Busch haters. They're like, "F you, you're sucking off, you know, JGR and blah blah blah." And like, you know, and like, I'm like, I'm friends with Kyle. Like, I was just joking. I'm like, busting my buddy's balls. Yeah, yeah like, you know, I mean, people just totally don't understand right, context right. sometimes. Yeah. So awesome. it was like. So, so we're sitting here in October 2017. Yeah. Uh, if you're a sports car racing fan or open wheel or whatever, the drama around the 78 team uh, maybe in the last two months was that you guys were intentionally destroying your car after a win yeah. by doing burnouts. Yeah. We have a suggestion for what you could call that sure. if you're interested. All right. Are you All ready? Right. We get a commission. We get a commission. All right. When you sell yeah. the shirts. It's the burnout. Burnout. I like it. Hashtag burnout. Hashtag burnout. Yeah. We didn't burn yeah. them out the last one. I crazy. Well, I yeah. We yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was driving, a whole to-do about dude, that. Where yeah. were we, we were driving through uh, New Mexico. Yeah, somewhere. In we were going to Laguna Seca, so we had to Sweet. drive that way. When that race happened, and we, we heard your interview where they said, like, 
you know, yeah. whatever. And you're like, yeah, we uh, we didn't burn it down this time, so yeah. it should be fine, right? Yeah, like, right. everybody's good. And I was like, this guy gets I know, it. man. Like, it's just like... <laughs> I mean, we've been to teardown a million times this year. Like, yeah. they, when you finish second, you can't do a burnout, and they take your car. Yeah. That whole thing, like, how do you know for sure you're going to win? It's going to work. Right. Well, you know? yeah, or that the burnout's going to destroy the right... Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. Come on, guys. Like, I don't know. It's... Yeah searching for a unicorn you know that i find that so much anymore they don't want to you know people just don't want to folks you know look inward and see what they're doing wrong and they want to point and sure you know and that ultimately that's fine because it just helps you really at the end of the day so uh you you have a, at a on a personal level have had a really rough year you had your best friend jacob yep pass away you just had to put a dog down yeah last week like, jesus yeah uh, obviously martin's girlfriend sherry has been going through cancer and, and mm -hmm. things like that um why <laughs> does it seem to you guys because we we picked up on this just from watching races and stuff that everyone's trying to make you guys cry i don't know like yeah. every interview they're like and obviously it's a very tough day sure. right? yeah and it's like let the guy get a minute like I as soon as martin truex gets emotional they're like you can they're tell like, they're keep like going, in keep the, going. Yeah, ask him again harder, ask him harder. again, ask yeah, him yeah. again. Yeah. martin hasn't really cracked up too much i think the yeah. most i saw him crack up was after charlotte so, right right yeah. you know i think part of that too is just it was an emotional win for all of us yeah, you know yeah. like we you, know, you go into those mile and a half and everyone thinks like oh you're gonna run good you're gonna run good and you're like well it's not easy like <laughs> yeah it takes a lot of like hitting everything right you know yeah. you just don't wake up out of bed that morning we're like all right we're just gonna is go it? win you yeah, know yeah. it's it's super super hard and that weekend with no practice was crazy hard and then yeah. you know to to win and then everything he's been going through yeah i mean i i get it i mean it's easy just to kind of let it hit you at times right. you know so right, right. i don't know it's been like i don't know i joke about it all the time i'm like i'm like my wife and i talk and I'm like this is just not is this normal like you know we're ups and downs yeah. this year whole 2017 have just been ridiculous right. you know i have felt lows that i've never felt you know yeah. way lows that i've never felt and then you know the highs on the work side of it have just been you know been great so it's it's really polarizing and and hard to take it sometimes yeah. i'm a very centered person so it's right. it's yeah. been challenging that center a lot yeah do you get that from your dad or your mom um neither really they're both not that way and they're their off-centeredness has made me more centered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if they're listening. I'll tell them they're both crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> stereotypically, Canadians are very polite. Is, has there been any sort of culture shock with, uh, like, when you first moved to North Carolina? North Carolina, for sure. And Denver, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Denver. Well, they're all high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so nice here. Kind of like Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um... I don't know. Yeah, I had, a, I had a hard time in North Carolina, honestly. You know, personally, it was it was a struggle. You know, didn't really feel at home there. You know, sure. felt it was cool at first. You know, just living in a different place, and then just this culture didn't feel yeah. you know feel right there. My wife neither. So right. I mean, it was uh, yeah, it was difficult. You know, I think uh, that's you know really you know we were kind of at a point you know before we came out here we were probably going to do something different either way, and then. Right. You know, this kind of opportunity came up, came about, and and uh, we decided to take a chance on it. So. Right. So, had there been no furniture row, you might have been out of NASCAR. Yeah. Wow. Very, very likely, okay. I'd say. Would you have stayed in racing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that was a long time ago now, so I don't uh, I don't know what I would end up doing, honestly. Right. But uh, I mean, ideally, probably. You know, we just uh, we knew we weren't really happy, and you know, not really fitting. You know, not not that we didn't fit in. It was fine. It was just. Not what we, you know, really wanted. Sure. So in I what think. sense? Um, 
Uh, it's just, I mean, the South is, is culturally, you know, just culturally pretty different. You yeah. know? So I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Atlanta's yeah. got a little bit, you know, yeah. progressive part to sure. it at times and sure. stuff like that. But, I mean, you you know, especially in NASCAR-hearted country, it was, yeah. you know, it's a big culture shock. You know, yeah, I sure. went from not knowing anything about guns to being in a <laughs> place that yeah, yeah, I was yeah. one of the few people that didn't have a gun in their car. And I was like, right, right. what? Like, like, sort of the, you know? for lack of a better question, sort of red state nature of it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. we're in a rural area and we're in a racing environment. Yeah, so right. we're very, you know, true to the, true to the point, red environment. And yeah. I'm, I'm generally somewhat of a conservative back home. You know what I mean? Obviously not socially, but fiscally more conservative. But, sure. you know, so on the social aspect, it was just like, whoa, okay. You know, right. I didn't know what, you know, even it was just, you know, in North Carolina, maybe get some of the blame just as moving the states in general. Like, I didn't know what health insurance was. They're like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. They're like, right. This is your Correct. deductible. And I'm like, and your copay. And I'm like, my what? What, like, right. what are you talking about? Right. Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> like, it was just right, a big. Right. No, it hurts here. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> where's the doctor? Like, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a challenge, you know, just, and my wife, uh, my wife's a teacher, so she was teaching there and, you know, it was just, uh, it was big for both of us. It was just like pretty emotionally cultural. Yeah. Know. And it was fine. It was fine. It was just like, this isn't where we want to be the rest of our yeah, life. So, it. so the hard questions, uh, if there was, if, it, if there was no NASCAR, where would you, where would you want to engineer? Mm. IndyCar, IMSA. He's like, no. Sprint cars. Space. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, that's exactly no, I, I got the SpaceX recruiting for a while. They they really targeted race engineers mm-hmm. for a long yeah, time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny. A lot of people I worked with Toyota now work at Tesla. So, um, I would, uh, yeah, I mean, IndyCar would be, uh, would be, would be fine you know i think that would be uh i was i was joking nascar is that indycar engineering would be like the easiast engineering in the world oh. <laughs> as far as race oh. engineering going okay. it's like it's find it really un- uncomplicated from compared to what we do but, but uh I mean, maybe they think the other way but <laughs> i was gonna say that's gonna ruffle but some feathers but <laughs> i will say the m- the engineers that we've hired from indycar come to nascar and they're like whoa this is way more advanced than what indycar right. is you know just i think because the budget you know oh, well, for, yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. with it absolutely so. i think that's the part that people from the sports car and indycar side don't necessarily realize is that you look at a stock car from the outside and like yeah, they can look basic, or you guys. But I don't think people realize what you're doing because you're in such a fixed box, with aero templates, with kind of mandatory gear and shock windows and things like that. The kind of R and D you guys are putting in to find out small, small things on the aero side and whatnot. Like we'd heard an anonymous source saying, without naming teams, um, yours, that uh, <laughs> that like you guys were playing with vinyl to try and get certain shapes oh, out of the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah, yeah, we do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like three wind tunnel tests last year just on vinyl, so. Right. Wow. But in what sense, like to create a curve that you're looking for or just, or just to generate more downforce. Okay. Yeah, well, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as far as what we do on the aero side of things for a stock car is, you know, is insane. I mean, we're in a very tight box, but we, we spend a, a ridiculous amount of effort and time in, in the wind tunnel yeah. and CFD and and uh, and everything. I mean, that's that's a huge part of the sport. Um, so, for example, if you cut out the overhead guys, how many people do you say are working on the seventy-eight in total? Uh, I'd say just on the seventy-eight. So it's kind of interesting. So I, I mean, I guess we have more like kind of the support engineering group, right. you know, between between us and JGR and Toyota. Mm-hmm. There's all like the support side, and then each team kind of has its own. You know, crew chief race engineers 
you know that that type of makeup and then right. internally at furniture you know we have like probably four to five other engineers that work you know in the shop you right. know between design and you know aero like control and you know you know we're constantly we uh you know we blue light scan the cars so like we're you know measuring everything to you know exactly the you know we're getting the surface as close to you know as close to perfect as we can get um you know now we we have i think even our for our two car team we have like 25 romer arms you know what i mean like coordinate measuring you know so everything is you know there's a lot of upkeep and all that you know so it's uh it's come a long ways even from when i started for sure right uh I'd say the biggest thing, you know, kind of is like the simulation side. I mean, that's that's where I feel like NASCAR is probably ahead in a lot of other sports um, on the simulation side because because we have such limited testing, we have limited limited data on the cars. Um, you know, it's been a ton amount of time, like ridiculous amount of time on simulation and right. correlation. And this is all just eye racing. In a way, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. But you know, optimizations and stuff like that is. Uh, you know, a ton of what we spend a week. You know, we run hundreds of thousands of laps of simulation every week. Right. You know, before we get to uh, before we get to a certain race. On the on the crew chief side, it's thirty. You know, thirty eight formal weekends a year. I don't even know how much you're. I don't know if you test on the weekends in between or how that works. But like, do you? We all know drivers can get a couple of days between races. Do you get any days off? Um. Or is there like a, I'm going to leave early day? I mean, is there a, is there a scheduled day where you can go see a movie? Um. Uh, not. Um, it's hard, like, uh, you know, I think uh, with our schedule, you know, for most East Coast races, we have to load on Tuesday nights yeah, or Wednesday mornings. So um, typically, uh, yeah, typically Tuesday nights, if we do have to load Tuesday nights, it's kind of a late night. So yeah. Mondays are, you know, it's t- even as that's when the, the hardest thing this year has been the later start times. Oh, for the, like, for the yeah, race. Cause yeah, because yeah. we start at 1 o'clock race. You know, I could get home by 8.30 get a oh, decent listen. night's yeah. sleep and be in to work early the next morning well now you like get home like way later yeah, yeah. you know and then uh you know you still really need to be into work the same next time right. so you're dragging your ass yeah, in yeah. there and and uh it's challenging that way and then tuesdays are typically long days you know kind of getting loaded that night and then you know we'll have some where we can load wednesday morning and stuff and then so i guess really wednesday Afternoon, I'd say on most points, I'll try and get out of there. Sure. You know, it doesn't always happen. Because um, the, the truck's gone, whatever's going to happen is already set. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of. So, I mean, there's that big hump, you know, where you kind of catch your breath. And then Thursday morning, I was like, I'll either uh, I'll either stop back in the shop at some point or I'll work from home kind of like for a bit. And then, um, you know, we're fortunate enough that, you know, you know, if we don't have to leave till you know two, two to four o'clock, that's a little bit nicer. Some weeks you go leave a little earlier, but you know you can get a bit of time on Thursday, yeah. kind of Wednesday afternoon to to Thursday is somewhat of time off, you know. Right. I was trying. My goal always on Wednesday is my well, both my kids are in preschool right now, so they get out at twelve thirty. So uh, if I okay. can make it there to pick them up from preschool at twelve thirty, then I'm having a good day. Right. What time are you in the shop? Uh, Six a.m. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. When you watch some of the NASCAR races, uh, the fallout from a weekend can be a penalty from, like, a, leaving a lug nut off or something found in post-race tech. Or they hand out these massive fines that can be, like, you know, $50,000 and points or whatever, and they find the crew chief or the driver, depending on whatever the thing is. That doesn't come out of your pocket, right? No. 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 Okay. So when they say, Unless you know, I did something, like, 
you know, totally on my own and the right. team didn't know about it or something like that, then maybe I'd be, you know, forced. But I would probably just quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so when they when they announce that, does that – where's that money? Does that come out of a check? They have to write a check? Does that come out of prize money or, or whatever? Oh, they just have to write a check. Uh, wow, really? Okay. Wow. And so is there a number that you can't go above as a crew chief where it's like, dude, that's 400 grand? I've never, never got there yet. Right. So I really don't want to find that. Sure, out. sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can't answer this or you won't, but <laughs> when a crew chief gets suspended, what happens? Like, they're not suspended. They're they're still you they're are. on tech. Are you I really? Mean, the, uh, I'm still picking up. Like, are you kind of excited? <laughs> like, I get a day off. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, I've only had to do it once, so, and it sucked. Uh, I mean, you're still, you're, yes, you're, you're not, like, totally away vacation off. You're there, you know, you're maybe not there you can be you know you can work so remotely now and right you know yeah, kind yeah. of the world we live in so is that police at all no okay yeah i mean you're basically your your hard card like your license is taken right. so anywhere that that gets you new you can't go right but so could you buy a ticket and sit in the grandstand yeah you could <laughs> yeah but so you, you can't can be on the radio but okay. you could buy a scanner and rent it right yeah you can hear what's going and on then you yeah, can text. and you can text absolutely <laughs> yeah huh. interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's I, I know they make a big deal that that's like maybe not enough, but it sucks. Yeah, oh, for yeah, sure, for no sure. Doubt. The hardest thing right. is just you're you're completely blind. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, so much stuff like uh, in this job is like, you know, you're visually cued by things. It's like, you know, you you see something you're like, oh, we need to, you know, yeah, we right. need to do something here. Or this doesn't look right. Or oh yeah, man, I I know what's probably going on there. And it's just like or you, you can see somebody else. All yeah. these visual cues kind of like help you, you know, understand the problem. And then it's like. When you're locked away in a room and, you know, isolated from all that and then trying to figure out what's going on, like, yeah, you can do your job to sure. a certain degree, but yeah. it's, it is by no means as effective. Right. You yeah. know, it's right. very, very difficult. So you were suspended once. Where were you on the weekend of the race? Um, I was, uh, I was offsite, you know what I mean? Okay. I was offsite. So but you I were was, not uh, here. Yeah. So okay. I, uh, but, you know, I was tied in, you know, to the team as much as I could be to know what was going on and. And we sucked that weekend. We just, it was, uh, it wasn't a great weekend for yeah. us. So it, it hurt us, you know. Yeah. I definitely can say it hurt us. Sure. I, I actually don't know. What is, so when you're, when you're in your mid-20s and you pack up the station wagon and go to North Carolina. You pick up truck, man. Come you, on. You leave, you leave the mill. <laughs> and, uh, and now you're, now you're, your first gig was RCR, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is it? What does an engineer do when he's 25 and his first job with a NASCAR team? I actually don't know what the job like in sports car. You become the data guy. I you was know? the data guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started as data guy. So, and I'd never done data, so that was like. What, a, but what, like, there's no data on a race weekend. Uh, but testing. Okay. Copy. Yeah. So I mean, testing. We fully outfit the cars with everything. So, right. And there was a lot more testing back then. So. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, especially Did you work race weekends? So when I started, um, I started in the shop um, doing data on the 29. Yeah, and then um, and that's just just like it'd be in road racing. I mean, it's just yeah. No other than it was sensors. just you'd go to tests, you wouldn't go to the races. <coughs> right. Um, and then uh, you know that wasn't enough really. Um, I wanted to do more, and then you know, I was fortunate enough to kind of get hooked up with really good guys there, and you know they kind of I would just be at them. I'd be like, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And then um, you know that was kind of right when the car tomorrow kind of started, and um, bump stops and all that were kind of going on, and. So I just kind of took over. No one was really working on that. So I just started working on it and, um, you know, kind of made a niche 
for myself in a bit. But like as and an engineer, what does that mean? Working on bump stops. Um, like so working on like the seven post a lot. Yeah, okay. I just I was on the seven post all the time, just trying to like you know that times we couldn't run like springs, so it's all like had to be polymer bump stops. So right. we're like, you know, looking at different materials, making different curve shapes, you know, different history, uh, historic properties, like you know, analyzing all that, um, and then like dampening you know damper levels to go with certain you know different bump stops and stuff like that so just trying to analyze all that out because we didn't know you know what i mean i mean and that was the age of the split first splitter um in nascar too so all of a sudden you know before they just up into that point you'd hit the valence and you'd move the valence a little bit and let it eat you know and everything was cool now and up until that point so it was like a big you know kind of a big change uh technology wise and the splitter just really drove like hitting your attitude right and you know made it that much uh that much more particular so it was just kind of like i was forever fortunate that i came into the sport right at that time because it was like you know there was an opportunity there you know to kind of get on something that nobody was really working on right. so and that would also be your thing where you could impress the 40 something year old crew chief or 50 something year old crew chief who'd been turning wrenches his whole life and yeah i mean you knew something yeah you know todd was always like open to you know getting better you know i mean i think that was the coolest thing i mean he was yeah you know from 16 kind of left home and became a fabricator started working on race cars and started working at rcr and you know really had no education from that standpoint but taught himself how to you know draw like how to design like you know taught himself how to build shocks taught him how to do taught himself how to do everything it was like one of the smartest these these single smartest people i had ever met right. and never had any education it's just because of where he grew up right. and the situation and the time, you know, it was just got into racing rather than going to school. If he had grown up 20 years later, no doubt he would have been an engineer. Right, you know right. What I mean, yeah. it's just the change in the culture in that time. So, and you don't strike me as a guy who's in people's faces every day, like, look at me, look at all the shit I'm doing. So no. how did how did he, how does is was Todd just the kind of guy that noticed the effort? Yeah, or? Okay. I think so. I mean, you know, I I always, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of was always just like there helping, you know, and trying to you know not be in the way but you know try and help when i could and i think he always saw that commitment commitment level and then yeah i can't remember where we were at but um i'd done a lot of good work on the seven posts that week and you know kind of the guys on the team had spoke up and said hey we we should look at this and then we kind of started out practice and i was there that weekend and uh we struggled we put it all in and it was way better and kevin's like oh yeah it drives way better and like we ran really well that weekend and it was just like that was a big moment between me and todd because he was like came to me was like thank you you know like you know i didn't kind of went and done done a lot of that on my own and you know and uh you did good kid and they threw a quarter at you right yeah. so and then you know all of a sudden that i i started coming every week and you know i think that was by mid-season that year so i was yeah. sort of coming every week and just kind of doing that same thing i did that first weekend right. you know every week and you know before long you're racing sure yeah so when you look back i mean even like this year or just just in your last few years can you name a race that you sort of like that one really got away i got a lot of them yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean uh yeah for sure i'd say richmond this year you know most recent memory was uh you know we're driving away at richmond which is not our forte by any means sure, yeah. and you know we're running along and it's like the week before we just lost darlington with two laps to go we blew blew a tire and hit the wall when we were leading and um you know here we are you know, we're counting the laps down. You're like, all right, you know, caution's coming, caution's yeah, coming. Yeah. You got a big lead. You know, sure, the caution's going to come. And it's like, just when you think that they're not going to throw the caution, boom, Derek Cope scrapes the wall, scrapes the wall. Yeah. caution comes out, we lose the race, get crashed. <sighs> wow. Yeah, so 
I would say, uh, yeah, Derek Cope would would pulled the the Gunselman on us at that yeah. point. Yeah. 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 So we don't know Truex Jr. at all, but he strikes me as being very kind of stone-faced and mild-mannered. He is. Okay, forget racing for a second. What's the trigger? What's the thing that just gets him riled up every time Alcohol. you can't get it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Good. <laughs> I know a guy just like that. that Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you get two drinks in and you're like, where does this guy come from? Two yeah. drinks, Truex. There it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 No, he light he lights up. He's everybody's best friend, Shaddy McCarthy. Right. Oh, interesting. So he he's like he loves everybody. He's, yeah, he's oh, a yeah. lover. Yeah. Right. Two, okay. Total happy happy drink. Right, right. You know okay. what I mean? Just you know, life super fun to be around. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. So he's never coming on. We're I can't believe you're here. But uh, <laughs> when he comes on, what's the drink we gonna need to push oh, down? Captain and uh, Doctor Pepper. Oh, that's yeah, his go-to. I can hang with that guy. Yeah. Okay. He can, uh, he'll drink Captain nonstop. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's his What's his race trigger that he's like? God, not again. You know, is it Landon Castle? <laughs> it's Landon <laughs> Castle. Parker Kligerman. It's Parker Kligerman. <laughs> oh yeah, it's David Ragan at Pocono. I think he like decided to pit without putting his window, hand out the window. Like we're right behind him. Uh, okay. We got us like three seconds. Harvick passed us and end up losing the race. So, um, yeah, I. I the lap lap cars generally are the thing that triggers him. Yeah. Like guys running thirtieth, you know, three laps down in the groove. Right. You know, he's oh, just it is like a castle. Yeah, it might <laughs> I might be a castle. So. Yeah, <laughs> but some of them get it. Like it's just like the disparity, and like some right. get it. They're like, all right, you know, this guy's been running the top every lap. You know, I'm gonna run the bottom and give him the top. Yeah, or you know, they're there. some are like just don't run the same lane two lane two corners in a row. Right. You know? yeah. So. Um, I'd say that's probably his the thing that lights him up the most. Are there any Ontarioisms that have made their way into the paddock to see you? Uh, our team, we always say, like, I don't know, we were like, oh, beauty, eh? Like, <laughs> we drop the um, Rick Moranis and the... Uh, strange Bruce. Yeah, Strange Bruce. Yeah. Sorry, I was yeah, drawing yeah. a blank, yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, we were always like, beauty, eh? Oh. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, we... Uh, I always say Bob. Bob's your uncle, which is like a... What? Yeah, Canadian Wait, phrase. So. I've never heard that. Really? Bob's your uncle. No, what is that? You're like, oh, really you, do, you do this and this, and uh, you know, instead of saying you're good to go, you're like, Bob's Bob, your Bob's your uncle. So, no. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah no I idea. used to work with a guy that'd say that all the time, and we say that all the time. But then we have another one that, like, one of our truck drivers is really hilarious. So we always use. He worked in a meat packing plant plant in uh, Chicago. And he, he left the plant. That was his he mill. left the mill. Yeah, yeah and he yeah. had this old guy that used to, he just always mess with him. He's like, boy, I'm going to grab a hold of you and jerk you off with a handful of lock washers. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> <so> <laughs> we use that line all the time. <laughs> and now America will too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we use that one a lot. Do you ever f- with the other teams by covering something up on the car that's nothing there? Um, <laughs> well, Kyle Busch always gives a because, sh- like, we'll pull tires off and we act like nobody's there, and now we're in the spy area. That there's spies in the garage all over taking pictures of your stuff. And, yeah. You know, we're kind of don't pay attention to that as good as we probably should have at times. So whenever we're parked next to the 18, Kyle's always giving us crap. You know, he always says, like, would you go downtown and just let your old lady have a dress on with, you know, nothing underneath and just let her – have her legs open wide right. open in front of the restaurant and I'm like no I guess not but you know so we uh, it's a con- constant joke between uh, between our teams so we do a pass along question from from guest to guest and 
a week ago. Yeah. Feels like a year ago. We had dinner with uh, Alvin Springer, who is a longtime Porsche Motorsports North America boss, yeah. ran the whole program. And he, I think he said he got to do a tour of Chad. But with, yeah, with, with the Jack 48. So the yeah, 48 Jack shop Nass, or whatever. Yeah. But he's, he, you know, German guy that's spent his whole life on Porsche. So he doesn't know a whole lot about NASCAR racing. But he did point out that you guys obviously live in a very small box with the window of what you're allowed to do and what you're not. And so his question was, do you live on the line of legal and illegal? Constantly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're always, you know, NASCAR just will make rules at any point, right? So it's like, you know, you come up with something and, you got to get it on because right. you know in two weeks you know somebody else will have it and it'll be illegal. You Are know you what proud I mean? when you see a rule written? You're annoyed, but I think at the time, <laughs> and then later you're like, oh, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe in time you'll be proud of those moments when you've made sure. rules and stuff. But how many would you say you've written? Uh, a few. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's been a few. So, sure. um, yeah, there's the big ones that really like. You know, there's big ones that, that change things, and you're like, wow, I can't believe that. They changed that because of us, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. So, um, But, you know, I think, you know, when you run well in NASCAR, you're really under the scrutiny. So it's like some sometimes I feel like we have some of the more, like, people will think it's ridiculous, but sometimes I feel like we have the more legal cars a lot of times. Because, like, I'll look at stuff on, like, a guy running 20th, and I'll be like, if we came with that, they would flip the... F- yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, there is yeah. no way we would get away with that, right? Because you're under such a microscope. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Those Especially guys, like, yours, they'll yeah. let them, let them get away on something blatant at times. You right. know what I mean? Because right. they're not really watching or whatever. So, I used to say it's always it's way easier when you're running bad to get stuff through tech than when you're running good. Because like, yeah. you know, you're under the you're under the microscope. So it's very difficult. Right. You know, very difficult when you're uh, when you're at the top. So our next guest is. Uh, some guy from no. some country north of the us. The thrill. The thrill <laughs> from, from West, West Hill. Hill. Paul yeah. Tracy. Pretty sure you've heard of Paul awesome. Tracy. That's so. cool I get to ask the question there. Yeah. I could do a couple on the record and off the records with him. Yes. <laughs> yep. We'll yes, write down can. everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was always, uh, I guess I'd be curious to know, like, who he thought was better than him in go-karts. You know, like he, uh, you know, obviously he grew up in the same karting circles I did. He's older than I am. But, you know, I always feel like I know there's the guys that I raced with go-karting that are like, that guy was the man. You know what I mean? And and never made it anywhere. You know what I mean? Neither didn't have the the finances or, you know, the opportunity to ever make it. And I just, it'd be curious to hear, like, who he thought was, like, you know, the most purest talent he raced against that that never made it, you know? Yeah. yeah, right. so I think Do you like in certain parts of the country this uh this establishment exists, mm-hmm. uh Ohio, Michigan for example, do you freak the fuck out when you get to a track that has Tim Hortons? <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I will always buy Tim Hortons if when we're yeah. when we're near him, but no, I'm not a huge Tim Hortons fan. Right. But it's like I'm a law, not. right? I know, I get the yeah. coffee and I'm like Denver's got better coffee. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a million coffee shops in Denver. I'd rather go than Tim Hortons. So, fair enough. Uh, but I will go get a coffee and chocolate glazed donut. That's my you got to do it. My go-to every right. time I go home. Coffee, coffee. Yeah. So we're sitting here, October 17th. You're in the middle of the playoffs for the NASCAR championship, having a beer. You don't seem too stressed, too concerned. Well, he's in the next round. Yeah, we're already moving. But, on. So. but no, no, like. 
we're coming down to it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's there's only how many races are left total? Five. Right. You seem fine. You don't seem too concerned. No, I mean, I think uh, I think the good thing that is that we've been, you know, we've gone through it the last two years, and I feel like we've we're really well prepared, you know, uh, well prepared this year. And then honestly, this has been a unique year because we won the opening race of the first two rounds. So it's been like we won Chicago is like stress free for a couple weeks, and you know, we won. Um, one Charlotte, which was massive, right? So if you know, if we had gone in Talladega and got crashed, yeah, exactly. And, you know, all of a sudden you're. Well, in I'm thinking about Homestead. That's probably the closest of the tracks you're going to go to, I assume. Homestead's a, that's its own the, animal. The whole oddity of this whole playoff format is that Homestead is the most unique track on the schedule. It is so different than than anywhere else we go. It's like just like the whole like the banking gains on exit so like you you gain vertical g on exit which is the opposite of most mono apps yeah. you know mostly on entry to middle is where you have max load where right. there it's on exit yeah and then it's super low grip on exit so like you're like massive slip angles massive vertical g on exit and it's like a total combined loading state that you know you don't see at any other track right so it's a uh, it's a very unique one to try and prepare for. Well, so on that on that question, like in the position that you're in, obviously there are no guarantees, but you're in the next round for sure. Playoff points wise, you're healthy. Yeah. For lack of a better expression, how much at this point are you putting resources into Homestead? Um, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say uh, yeah, we're starting to you know starting to definitely put a focus on Homestead. We have to go test there next week, so okay. that'll uh, you know that's kind of part of it. You know what I mean? You're 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 it's in your head thinking a lot about it, just pre prepping for the test because you know we know the you know kind of the shortfalls we've had there you know, in terms of handling the last two years and you know where we got where we feel like we need to be better. So. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough to at least have a plan to know what we need to go there and work on to try and improve. So, um, I think uh, from that standpoint, just because the test, it's you know kind of making us thinking about it more so. But you know, car builds happen are starting you know this week because you know it, it needs to happen that far out. So you know, your, our homestead cars. So the, this is a plate. totally foreign oh, thing wow. to sports car world. So you're literally starting build. to build the homestead car now. Yeah. it's not a pre-existing yeah. car already. No. Wow. Yeah, huh. we'll build a brand new car for there. So. But you start now. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's uh, October 18th. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're basically about a month out. You know, kind of before every race. How many? So. How many custom cars do you build per? Oh, yeah, or per track. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, it's. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's. You know homestead specific you know sure. what i mean but it's uh you know it, you know you kind of thinking you're hopefully going to have all the most recent aero data on it you know yeah. it's going to be you know you're going to spend that little bit extra time on it right um, but no i mean you're building uh a lot of the times you just have to be building cars to keep up with the pace of development yeah you know so but uh we're probably you know I think we have a, you know, through the chase, we probably have probably five new cars. You know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. How many would you say you built in 2017? Um, I'd say upwards, you know, not including road course and speedway, maybe like 15 downforce cars probably. Okay. Yeah. Not including, and then of course the speedway is just a sort of yeah. thing. Is it Daytona and Talladega the yeah. same? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's a specific car build, but right. the road course is obviously. a specific car build because the road course would turn right mostly. Right. You know, but most the two road courses we run at are right hand turn dominant. So, sure. you know, a lot of the aero development goes into opposite, opposite angle. Yeah, yeah. What's the greatest cheat you've seen that you didn't do? Oh, uh, I think the. You know, I think Penske, you know, they, in Cup Series, you know, they had a lot of really cool stuff. Like when Brad, 
won the championship, they were like so advanced cheating the rear suspension compared to everybody else. Like, you know, and then like kind of came out what they were doing, and it was like, holy shit, like right. we weren't even ballsy enough to think about that, right. you know? So they were, uh, you know, they got pretty advanced in that. And then, you know, the 48 there for a while had a really, you know, some really cool stuff going on in the back that was, you know, pretty elaborate, you know, that was, uh, you know, kudos to them, you know what I mean? Right. Again, just didn't didn't have the uh, didn't have the forethought, you know, the ingenuity to come up with what they had. Right. So when you sell it, you're like, holy crap. Yeah. So um, the difference right. between sports car racing and NASCAR is that if, if I had asked that question to somebody, they'd be like, no, we don't. We don't cheat, and if you said cheat, it would be like, oh, yeah. just the worst. But in <laughs> NASCAR, it's like, no, we have to find the gray area. We always say optimize. We're optimize. not cheating, we're okay. optimizing. Yeah, fair enough. I like that. <laughs> but also uh, uh, respect for the move. Not the f***ing be just because that is like, ah, oh, we should have thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they yeah. had some good ideas. You Do know? you know what BOP is? No. Holy <laughs> shit, it's awesome. That is amazing. Well, actually, this year's the first time I've really seen like a, a – broad stance on it about the Toyotas. And I think it was Keselowski that was pretty yeah. critical on the Toyotas. Mm -hmm. um, for us, that's like every single weekend. It's like, well, the Porsche's got this this time, or the Ferraris are 100 pounds light, or sure. whatever it is. But NASCAR, you guys have always kind of said, like, no, here's the rule book. Build the best car you can yeah. and go do it. And then when you guys get your ass kicked for 20 races in a row by the same car, you just try to build a better car. Sure. Whereas in our sport, we just start crying and throwing our toys against the wall and say, I'm not going to race anymore yeah. because I can't win. Well, on, on August 12th, <laughs> you tweeted, not a bad day for sandbagging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to me, that was like the ultimate call out. I like it. Yeah. I mean, they, they're like, I think we had, we had worked ridiculously hours that week to go to Michigan, right? Because we really wanted to win. Uh, it's my home race, obviously, but and I mean, just in this era, I mean, with the way this, way the playoff points work, because there's no, there's no like sandbagging. You're you're trying to, to work, and I, you know, I, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever because they qualified well, they did a good job, their teams did a good job, but then here he goes out and says that it was because we were sandbagging. So instead of like giving credit to his own team for doing a good job that weekend, I don't know who said that, Kozlowski. So yeah, <laughs> so it's Michigan. Ford's doing well, oh, yeah, and it's right, a high, right. it's a high right. aero track, yeah, and all right. That, so. And they and then they go and say that it's because we were sandbagging, you yeah, because we were worried. And it's like that Rather is the guys. most squirrel brain thing I had heard in a long time. Right. Like, he couldn't be so far off the point. Like, we had a new engine spec that week. Like, I mean, we were. I mean, that was our best, you know, best effort we could bring at that point in the year. You know what I mean? And he's. Because his team, his team did well, yeah. did better, and then it's because he thought that we weren't, we weren't trying. Right. right? It's just like if I worked there, I would punch that guy in the face. You know what <laughs> nice. I mean? Because I was like, <laughs> we often ask people. Wait, that's a very, yeah. so that's our next question. We ask that all the time. If yeah. you could punch somebody in the face, who would it be? Well, now I mean, this is on the record. Like, <laughs> you know, I just thought for his guys, you know, they had done a really good job, and then here he is, you know, knocking the window of their sails, saying it's just because we weren't. We were trying, then we went out in the, in the race. We were really good. Right. Some my guys aren't as good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, you know, us in the 77 were running 1 2 right till the end. You know what I mean? So our buddy Tommy Kendall was critical of the playoff format because he said his whole claim is that putting it down to one race means the entire championship literally comes down to a restart every time. Uh, don't You don't have to say anything if you don't want, but where? what do you feel about the current playoff system? Well, I think it's exciting from like a fan's perspective, but you know, from from anybody that's a true race fan, 
you know, no, I think it's I think it's hokey as can be, you yeah. know. So I mean, you could win. You know, you're sitting here right now. You could, you could. I mean, you win guys, thirty. I mean, yeah. you could win thirty-five races in a row. Right. You know what I mean? You could win thirty-five out of thirty-six races, dominate thirty-six races, and then, you know, have a loose wheel or, you know, have a bad restart, restart yeah. or something like that, or you know, something happens, you get jammed up, and then all of a sudden you don't win. Yeah. And then you're not the champion. And from a traditional racing standpoint, that's just asinine, yeah. you know. But, but I guess when you look at it from other sports standpoint. It could be the same way. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at the New England Patriots, you know, when they won every game leading up to the Super Bowl and then they don't win. It's yeah. like, well, we're just maybe it's just because we're not accustomed to it in racing. I don't know. You right. Know? So, but I All think right. so by the time this episode is out, most likely the championship's over. Um, how'd you guys do? Um, I don't know. Homestead is probably the biggest uncertainty to me on the schedule. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't know how well we do. I. I feel like everything will have to go right, you yeah. know. And if everything goes right, absolutely, I feel like we can win the championship. Yeah. But if we have a subpar day on our end and don't quite have the performance there or, you know, something can happen. I mean, there's lots of races this year. I felt like we could have, you know, we could have went. You know, I think we've got six wins at this point, but we got four or five of them I can at least count right off the bat that I feel like we could have won. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it could easily turn into one of those weeks. Oh, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, and then you're not the champion. So it's uh, it's tough that way. I don't I uh, I don't know how you can predict it. Like I don't know any week. You know, that's why I think you know we celebrate a lot when we win because it's like it's just a lot. Everything has to go exactly yeah. right for you to win. Yeah. Even yeah. when you're dominating a race, everything has to go right yeah. for you to win. When you guys win, it's obvious that you're actually excited about it. Like you'll be running around the background while Mark's doing <laughs> an interview, yeah, and then you'll run back up and be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. And then run back out there. And again, I was like, I want to drink a beer with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the celebration if you guys pull this off? Oh, it'd be massive. Because <laughs> yeah. like Keselowski was almost like more famous for being the drunk guy on TV. Yeah, that was when awesome. He won. What? Are, what are? We, are you prepping? No. Like, not is there is there about is there like a spotter there for you in case you're like hammered in it doing? No, because I think everybody that'd be a spotter would be in the same boat. Hammered as me. too. So yeah. <laughs> nobody will be making good decisions at that point. <laughs> no, no, say it. Yeah. Say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. So it'll. Uh, I don't know. It'll be. Uh, if we manage to pull that off, it would be. It'd be a. Uh, it'd be a party for sure. Right. The kids are a few years away from uh, being able to have a cart, but if they decide they want to be race drivers, where are you going to steer them? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of even go-karting now. I look at, you know, the cost of it and stuff yeah. versus what it's it is. And it's like, man, it's crazy. Like, yeah. how do you justify that? So, I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure what the right avenue is. I, I battle with that because, like, I feel like I've I got invaluable life lessons I learned, you know what I mean, growing up racing that I probably would never learn yeah. elsewhere in life. So, it's like, I don't, I just don't. You know, I don't know how to balance that. At the same point, I'm, I'm not sure I want them to take over their life the way it took over mine. Yeah. You know, but but maybe that's what life's about too. So I don't, I don't know. That's a that's a tough balance for sure. Yeah. Sure. I think, you know, I think go karting for sure is you know what I would. I wish it was like you know I hate saying that, but I wish it was like it was you know back in years. the day. Absolutely. Back yeah. in the day, yeah. I know it sounds so cliche, I but know, I really man. do. I know you know, it. I. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was uh, a lot more lower key, you know, than what it is. You know, I, I, I look at, you know, some of those races that you got to go run to be competitive. Right. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's for an eight-year-old in a cadet cart who's just trying to learn. Yeah. Do you think you could leave it alone? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be all about leaving it alone, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's gotta it's gotta be bad to somewhat degree I, no, for I to get that. them to learn. Yeah. You know, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, I would not. I would definitely not overkill it for sure. I know that. Who's like the notorious team that's a pain in the ass about calling you guys out if you don't? Twenty four. Really? Yeah, everybody. Interesting. Hates, I'd say everybody in the garage probably hates being parked beside the twenty four. Really? Because they bring like eighteen million guys. They're like tripping all over you, and then they're always staring at your crap. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. They're just uh, they're paying the butt to be next to. Is that an un- unspoken rule? Like you don't look at the other cars. Um, Sports car racing is a lot more lax in that regard. Like people will walk under your tent so and bullshit. People, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. People you know. do it. You know, it goes on a lot. Yeah. You know, I think there's just a. I think there's just I don't know. There's a nice way to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't need to have a crowd of five people staring at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. glance over there and you see something. That's one thing, you know what I mean? But to, to draw a crowd and to ant, sit there and analyze it right. and stuff like that's a little bit like, come on, man. You, you, know, mentioned, so. you mentioned the spy photographers. Yeah. Um, what's the most absurd thing you've ever seen? Like in my head, it's like some guy like, oh, pizza pie. And like, <laughs> who wants this? Snap, snap. Yeah. They had, oh, I mean, the classic is the Dale Jr. T-shirt and, you know, all that. The hard one is the hard one for us is Vegas because the the garage is really open. So there's yeah, big you've got the major, upper balcony with a yeah, huge so window. Yeah, so there's on major it, right? fan access. Oh, so they right. dress up, you know, dress up all these people. I think GM's probably the worst, but they like have spy photographers up in the crowd. Like they had last year. At, so it's literally a guy in a Dale Jr. Yeah. T-shirt and a backpack, but he's got like a cannon. Exactly. With a yeah. It's like, okay. wait a minute. Why he's does like, that the, guy have the nicest camera you've ever he's seen? Like, it's the podcast guys. Yeah. Oh. They come in. They get. A- <laughs> we found a new business. Oh, hey, Cole. Yeah, GM, we are open for business. Yeah. But no, I mean they had. I mean uh, Vegas last year. They had. I've got told by a friend of mine on a GM team. They're like, hey man, they got a picture of your whole computer screen, like of our whole setup, everything. Because I was like facing the fan zone with right, it, right? And there was some guy in the crowd and had like our whole entire setup at Vegas. And I was just like, "That's <laughs> up, man!" Yeah. Jesus, yeah, that's a little bit much, right? So, but that's just the world we're in right now. People are crossing those boundaries. So, do you think that that's a manufacturer doing that, not a team specific? Yeah, I mean, it was to give to all their teams, so. right? So then, is Toyota helping you guys the same way? We don't. We just haven't played that game. Right. Yeah. We just haven't played that well, game. I mean, you have been people will call bullshit on that, but we really haven't. Right. You know, been kicking ass. I don't think you really have to yeah, worry about it right now. But I, it goes <laughs> back to like I just don't. You know, if you have a if you have a strong understanding of like the physics of the car and like what is, you know, what are the things that move the needle and, and right. basically like understanding what's actually going on with the airflow of the car, all that then. What are you looking at, you know, somebody else for, right? Because if you have a clear picture of what the problem is and you're focused on trying to understand that and get it better, then you're going to be way farther ahead than just picking random off people's car and being like, oh, let's try that. Let's try that. Let's try that. You know, there's Toyota, I feel like, has a way more methodical approach. approach. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a thing right now? You can't say it for obvious reasons because it it would get out. Is there one thing right now you could tell me that you're that you're doing that the others aren't? Like, do you have like the thing that you're like, oh, here it is. I've got the secret sauce no. that I've been doing, and no one else has figured it out. No, I feel like the thing we're probably the strongest at is like simulation. Like yeah, we're that's we're very very methodical to our process. So we have yeah, we just like 
we stick to our guns and right, wrong, or indifferent. If, if you know, we run it, like, from a basic scientific method, right? Like, we have a hypothesis, you know what I mean? We, we test the hypothesis. If we're wrong, then we go back and adjust, and, and that's what we do, and we do that every week and probably more diligent, way more diligent about it than any other team. You know, other people get caught off on things. If, if, our, if our process led us wrong, we, we go back and readjust our process until we get the right answer, and then we maximize it based off uh you know once we're we're on the right path so it's a what's a challenge for us it's a challenge for us when we like we don't get practice or anything like that because at the end of the day we're we're not practicing to try stuff we're practicing to to validate our model in a way you know so that's uh i'd say that's what we do different probably the most i have the most important kevin harvick question you're ever going to get asked <laughs> um <laughs> like he's no doubt a charming guy how is it, I mean, you dealt with this firsthand, how is it that Jimmy Johns avoided the obvious sponsorship and went with Kevin Harvick instead? Um, I think because he owns a bunch of Jimmy Johns. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a real answer. Yeah, like he I actually no has The a, first time you tried that bit, it gets shut yeah, down. Yeah, I got shot down real fast on that bit. Yeah, it's always a, bothered me. He's actually, like, pretty invested in the business. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, that's a very yeah. logical answer. Jimmy Johnson is not. Way to kill Jimmy my Johnson goddamn joke, Pern. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Perned out my joke. He yeah. Perned out my joke. Yeah, I had to be logical with you. <laughs> oh, God. So, Cole Pern, the dude. Do you watch TV? Not really. Do you take the kids to the movies? Not really. You don't suffer through the... the we went Frozen to see, and uh, uh, we do head home a bit. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll we'll wait. Um, we've kind of, I think we've gone maybe seen one or two movies in theater. Right. We went and saw Cars three. Oh yeah, well, yeah. There you go. They wanted to go see that. Yeah. So, now, do they watch the races? Like you know, maybe like for here? like twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the video of them jumping on the couch. Yeah. When when you guys won, yeah, that was like a big thing. And now, now they're less excited. Less. They're like, yeah, you better win. No, they're <laughs> like, or if something happens, they'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you were doing good there, and then, uh, you know, this happened, and then you guys lost. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Exactly Thanks. Thanks for reminding Exactly me. what happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I noticed when watching one of those articles where it was the kids are jumping on the couch, it was the local news here in Denver that was talking about sure. it, and they really gave you guys, like, a lot of love being, like, the local team. Is there a local support system for big time for the team? I think that's you know one of the cool things that um, with all the NASCAR teams being centralized in North Carolina, right. they don't get that aspect yeah, where sure. we get that you know local sports team mm-hmm. you know kind of attention, which is really neat because uh, you know all the local news cover us you know and they're great you know we got great relationships with them um, you know the the local paper covers us in a lot of right. like you know no different than they cover the Broncos or the Rockies. Or yeah, yeah. So I think uh, you know you get a lot of you know more specific media coverage that way that helps make you know furniture racing Denver's like their team hometown yeah, team. Exactly you know, right. so yeah. people you know really uh, it's kind of unique that way, and I, right. we get a ton of support out of that, and it's grown obviously as the team's done better. Right. You know what I mean? But now it you know before people would kind of know about it, and now it's like. 
Now you go to lunch and people, you know, maybe more recognize, yeah, right. you know, the team. You're like, hey, you guys did good this weekend. Right. And, you know, followed a little bit more. And a lot of that's due to the, the local coverage, for sure. I mean, do you guys even have haters? Like, is there, like, a... Not a lot, really. Truex is, like, a sweetheart. Yeah. You I mean, know, Martin, like, you have to be a dickhead to not like Martin Truex Jr. It's just, if anything, we get we get the, the Toyota haters, which, yeah. is, which oh, is kind of funny. Because they're not made in America. Not made, even Except though for they totally are. Yeah, they <laughs> totally are. So. Okay, so in 2017, that's still a thing? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Big yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. I, if, no, I mean, not not everybody. Yeah, you know, right, I mean, right, right. But if you're going to get there's, hate, there's hate mail from people, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. for that. The other, know. what's, so so there's hate mail for that and then a hate mail for other things. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just because, like, I like Joey Logano. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. What's up with that asshole crew chief? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Did it. Got it in. Uh, you proud of yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys don't have rental cars because you all ride in a van. Mm-hmm. Like to and fro, so there's no awesome NASCAR rental car stories. Oh yeah, there's lots. Oh, oh. Yeah. okay, right. backing it up, backing it up. Here we go. Yeah. My my favorite story is like we were leaving Sonoma this year, and uh, I don't even know if how maybe by the time he listens to this he'll know. But our uh, <laughs> our car chief, um, our car chief, like had to like avoid traffic, and there's like the there's like this one like berm kind of leaving Sonoma, yep. and he uh, he like darted through the cones, hit the curb, was like van was like 45 degrees on like <laughs> on the berm came back and like nailed the curb coming back over the other side right and uh was like and we were in the van behind him we were like holy crap man like where did that come from right so they proceeded to like you know every time like every few seconds they could flip the door latch and get whatever van model they were in that weekend they could get like a, a bell to ring like it would be like ding right right and they just had it by just not really actually by opening and closing the door and so like every few seconds they just had this bell going off the whole way to the airport right. and they're convinced that <laughs> something was f***ed up in the car right, <laughs> right, right. And so they they got them then they got like our team manager in on it and they had to fill like the rental car company flying you know called that we like knocked the front suspension <laughs> off of it and like <laughs> had to fill up even got like corporate involved in it like had like a right. fill out an incident like, like i don't know incident report thing that and so he's been getting this mail and all this like correspondence going back about dealing with like this claim that he right. wrecked the vehicle when it's all complete <laughs> bull- <laughs> and it's been going on for for months and it's like and at some point it keeps going and then everyone's like Man, hasn't anybody told him yet? Like, <laughs> right. It's Shut almost it to the point where like the punchline is so far past. That <laughs> would sad. But it's just uh, it's continued to go on. But yeah, I mean, definitely brought numerous vans back with the brakes melted off. And yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, you just feel like you're, you're do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're in a rental car. <laughs> you're like, I would never drive my own car like the, that. The old adage was, "What's the difference between a Hummer and a rental car?" Is that a rental car will go anywhere? Yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, that is true. Yeah. So then, is is the Furniture Row team a prank team? Like, do you guys prank each other? Oh yeah, all the time. Is it the gay porn in the tool chest? No, we did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Am I the only one? <laughs> I was gonna say, is that we a cut? <laughs> like, we have to do this sensitivity training thing every year. So oh like, Jesus! <laughs> I like how you did the quote fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we so have to do this. Yeah, we, uh, we got our tire guy one good. We looked up some very disgusting images on the internet and placed huh. them on his background. And then <laughs> okay. Just the shock and awe thing got him, and he was all mad at us for that. And then we he was just mad you got him. Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, we yeah. Got, then like a day later, our team manager came came to him and was like, hey, man, I got a call from corporate, and your internet search has got, you know, 
got flagged, <laughs> you know, for looking at like provocative material, and so we had to like sit him down with like that's a team computer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I had to like sit him down and like, you know, he'd only been he hadn't been there that long either, so he was like, "What the hell happened?" I'm moving like, back to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the mill seemed more fun. Yeah, that was a pretty good one for a while. I think I don't know. We 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 there's something every week. And every the good thing about our team is like everybody's always in. So it's like even if you don't know the story, they're like people generally know to act along when they get asked the odd yeah, question. Right. Just in the you yeah. know, in yeah. the hope that you're pro- somebody's probably getting messed yeah, up. You just go with it. Well, yeah. and also yeah. like if you f- that up, you're next. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah you're on so, the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they get I mean, we get everybody. We always say we're equal opportunity asters. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone through tech and then giggled that you got away with it oh yeah all the time <laughs> he's like today yeah. <laughs> yeah okay yeah all the time well it's just i mean not that you got away with anything just that like they didn't like, catch it everything just or just like give some weeks everything just goes well you yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, but, yeah i mean you definitely have those moments you're like wow we didn't leave anything on the table today you know i can't right. believe that we got all that through right you know so sure has there been any moments in your career where you're like, holy shit, I'm hanging out with Richard Petty tonight at a thing or Sean Heckman from Dinner with Racers? I think for me, my always like wow moment like that, I think I was, I was in Dover. It was like first year I was working and I was like, Dover, there's no dividers in the urinals. And I was sitting there taking a leak and Jeff Gordon walked in on one side and Mark Martin was on the other side. We were like, I was in the middle and, but they started talking to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> have a like conversation. <laughs> I'm in the middle hang, holding on to my, yeah, yeah. holding on to my wiener, taking a leak. And they're, they're doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh, it's Mark Martin and Jeff Gordon, you know? Yeah. 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 Just three guys here. Three guys here peeing. <laughs> Just you three know? guys was, hanging out. You know, for now I think nothing of that, but when, you know, you're fresh, for sure. Yeah, you're years into it, you're right. like, you're like, holy crap, this is not yeah. at my local short track anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So now that you're past that and you're the 35-year-old boss, what does a 22-year-old do to talk himself out of a job? Uh, I, the I, I always use the I attitude. Like, I did this, I did that. Ah, right. copy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's always we. we. Yeah. Yeah. I always, it drives me nuts. It's the one, anybody I've worked around that, that is the I guy is, is generally a, it's a red flag right there. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? You, you alone never do anything racing. You know what I mean? Right, it's yeah. always a team effort. Yeah. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I think just being like, just being always, always underselling yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're always underselling yourself and delivering, then, you know, you're probably, uh, you're probably going to go a lot farther. Who's the most inappropriate driver we don't realize? Inappropriate? Inappropriate. I don't know. I'm trying to say, I, it's funny, I, I I always feel like I'm, I'm the outlandish one of the JGR Toyota group. I believe this. <laughs> yeah. I are, was, you, are you like the cowboy that's always throwing a Hail Mary? They're like, oh, fuck, Perns at it again. They don't know. How to, sometimes they don't know how to deal with it. I'm like, after I, I'll say something or send something, and I'm like, oh, man. It'll be like no responses. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've all looked at it, and nobody's responded, and you're like, you're like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have sent that. Yeah, you that, know was, what I mean? that was the one. Yeah, that was the one. That guys. was it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Back it up. I was, now they always send it to me. I was like, uh, one of our shop guys sent it to me originally, but like we have like a it was like a happy birthday meme, and it's all penises <laughs> spelling out happy birthday. And it's just all these penises, and anytime who, it's who hasn't gotten that? Right. Yeah. Anytime it's somebody's birthday, I always right, send that. Right. And like, whoa. Director of Toyota Motorsports. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's like, what? Yeah, what? 
It's his birthday. So I got it from some one of them though on my birthday this past week. So <laughs> they're coming around. Listen up. Everybody always talks about with NASCAR, like when you see a fight on TV, how there's a fine, but it's like not a real fine. You know, like when Keselowski and and Kenseth are going at it a couple of years ago, because yeah. that's great for ratings. Like, is there an unspoken rule about like go get in the middle of it? Because you always see teams coming from other sides of the paddock that don't have anything to do with the fight. And you're like, wait, why, why, why is the guy from the Dollar General team in there? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. But it's great for the, like, it's like so you said, they don't weird. show the close racing. They yeah. show the brawl. Yeah. You right? know, they always show the brawl. I don't know. That's i uh, I've never, fortunate enough, I've never been in those situations. Right. So. Do you tell your guys like, hey, goes down we stay out of it or no no <laughs> you should should go should, get the logo on be, tv it's going to be on every one newspaper. of those things after it happens they'll be like why didn't you say you know you know what i mean but right. i don't know the sport needs passion you yeah know, I've always, for sure like, people as much as it's the shock and awe of it they don't like it and blah blah blah. but right. i mean it's it's passion you yeah. know i mean you got a group that many people caring about what they're doing i right. mean they have to care about it if the people in stands are going to care about yeah. it so I I don't I always think that uh, NASCAR is like secretly like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. just sitting yeah. there being They're watching the ratings yeah. Yeah. like oh good good yeah, yeah I mean it's use uh, the knife here's the knife use the knife right <laughs> I mean it goes back to like we were talking earlier about like the danger aspect like Eric Almirola crashed at Kansas this year yeah you know he broke his back I mean in the same sense as horrible as that was how much how much did that highlight get shown on TV right. yeah you know what I mean that was uh, yeah. A huge talking point at that point in time. Well, w- amongst our jokes about going back to the mill, watching three kind of brought up Neil Bonnet's death, which mm-hmm. was a single car run. Single car on yeah. a blown tire. You know, like a yeah. single car run now is like nothing's going to happen. No, but they were just you know? they were sketching the boundaries of what was legal at yeah, the time. Yeah, right. Know? Like just yeah, and that's maybe that's a bit much. You know what I mean? Like sure. they basically like engineered a death trap. Right. You know what I mean? Right. In a way yeah. and. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I always think about that every week. We go on the track, and I'm like, this guy is sending it off in the corner at 200 miles an yeah. hour on the hope that we did everything right. Yeah. You know, yeah. every week you're like, we make that first corner, and I'm like, yeah, we didn't screw up. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm fine. Thanks. And that just never, that never really goes away. Like, yeah. every week you're like. You know, you make all these assumptions and, right. like, you know, you, you, you know, you're making all these approximations and, like, even though you have history and stuff like that, it's still, you know, things have changed so much from when your history was relevant that, you know, you just never know if you're going to exactly, exactly hit it right. Right. And Plus, they're, they're going to drive it in there like you did. Yeah, exactly. And you're living on the limit of, you know, making it or being fucking <laughs> sideways at 200 miles an hour. No, yeah. And there's I a mean, wall there. Yeah, like, you screw yeah. up and you're crashing. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think. Like, they always make deal, like, how's the guy wrecking practice? And it's like, because they're on the yeah. edge. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you come in now and you, like, you look at the steering traces and it's like, you guys freaking out of control. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally out of control. Yeah. You know, and it's, and they do that week after week, <laughs> especially as the downforce has been taken off. Right. Like, you know, I think that's one thing Martin has not gotten a lot of credit for is that, you know, as the downforce is come off he's gotten better he's too. raised up yeah and he will saw on the wheel like anybody i've ever seen yeah you know he flat will drive the control you know drive the car almost wrecking every lap yeah and and make lap time you know where a lot of guys just will slow down well that's what everybody says kyle bush is so good at because he's 
talent level of being at that slip angle for so long at such high speed. Kyle drives the tightest car out of anybody. Does he really? Yeah. Everyone makes this like massive assumption that he drives the loosest car and yeah. he drives the tightest car. Like if really? we put a lot of weeks we put Kyle set up in, we'd knock the fence down tight. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He he really. Uh, so he's just powering through it or what? Yeah, I think he's got he's got excellent car control when yeah. it gets out of control, but Absolutely. he will. He's fast because he'll drive a tight car to the absolute limit. But, huh. you know, when it steps over, he, he crashes. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know? Checkers the records. Yeah. Interesting. There's You kind of hear about the sort of a wives club where they, you know, they do charity races and whatnot. Wags. Uh, Wife and is girlfriends. That, is that what it's called? Wags. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, That's a 60s term. Uh, does your wife much prefer being out here or is she kind of in that circle? Uh, she probably prefers being out here. She's <laughs> definitely not. Not she's not going to do the powder puff race? No. <laughs> no, no, she's not. Can no. she wheel? No. <laughs> <laughs> she's horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horrible. She's terrible. That's she's funny. gotten better because I've, you know, through the years of being like, you know, right. we probably should pay attention to I'm scared. To this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Driving our kids around. Yeah. Fair but enough. No, she, uh, she just generally, she drives slow. I'm like, we'll be driving along, and we're like, can we at least go to speed limit? <laughs> 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 at least, I'm not saying we need to drive aggressively, but can we at least go to the speed limit? This is more of your your question generally, but because you're, you're a crew chief on a NASCAR team, when you go to, like, soccer practice or dance recitals, do the other dads kind of, like, sidle up to you, and they're like, yeah, my uh, – my Dodge out front's leaking a little oil at the left Not side. Not around here. No. People really? are like, what's that? Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you're burning natural resources. I plugged my car in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not, you know, people will be like, oh, did you, uh, how'd you do in the brickyard? Or how'd you do at Indy the other week? And it'll be like September. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, like, right. I mean, we've had 15 races since then. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know it's, it, that's the... That's always a rub, which I love, you know. Yeah. I, I love that. Just It puts it all in perspective. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to get caught up oh, with yeah. what you think you're doing is the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, right. And, and you totally realize that. They could give a shit. doesn't fucking matter at all. <laughs> you know? so, it's so true. Yeah. Well, you came here uh, with no idea what the hell you were doing. Uh, and, and you're probably going to leave here being angry that you lost three hours. But uh, what's was there a legacy or a kind of a piece about you you were hoping people would would take away oh i don't know um yeah not really i mean i feel like you guys yeah i mean you guys asked a lot of a lot of good questions relaxed pointed questions at the same time so i can't uh can't think anything else that we you know could have covered i'm sure we could continue talking about racing for <laughs> a long time as any does, racer could do does so. the wife get tired of that uh, or do you never talk about it at home no, generally I don't. I don't talk a lot about it at home. Yeah. Is there a I love me room, trophies and stuff? No, no. Uh, no. We have like uh, we just have like uh, when we get a wind banner or whatever we hang in the basement. Yeah, oh, and that's, that's cool. even a little bit <laughs> pushing the lot. Pushing the yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How big is the house? How big is our house? Yeah. Uh, pretty small. So okay. actually, we we're a little bit. We were in a really small house when we lived in the city, and then um, we have a little bit more room in the. Yeah, now that we live out outside the city, but we miss our smaller house. Because <laughs> it's like, I feel like it's just like, at this bigger house, it's like the instant feeling that you need to have more. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, that we really don't care about. So we've right. contemplated a lot, you know, 
back down size and but even though our house isn't, even though we have right now, it's not that big, but I don't know. I, I, we both like a small house, ironically. Since you've had such strong success in the last couple of years, have you got any offers like to leave, like people trying to poach you to take you to a bigger organization? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot. And is there a number where you're like, <laughs> I can't turn that down, or is it like, no, I'm happy here, my family's happy here? Yeah, not. I mean, there's, there's everybody has a number. Maybe one or two that were, you know, one in particular. I think that was really hard to to say no to, but I I really can't complain because I mean, furniture has really you know treated me really well. Right. You know, I you know and they treat me like family on so many other things that I you know I just don't ever you'd ever ever trade that. Right. So it's uh. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a number at some point, but, you know, I'm, I'm already done way better than I would ever anticipate to have done. So, you know, I feel like I'm living a borrowed time to some right. degree, same. you know, so totally I, uh, I don't think you ever feel like you need to, need to push it. We see this all the time in sports car racing where, thank you, um, where because a lot of sports car racing is literally at the will of a private individual who's right. just spending money. Um, whereas some NASCAR teams are profitable or semi-profitable ventures or at least break even with sponsorship. You know, Furniture Row is entirely at the disposal of Bernie, and, you know, when he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, he's just not going to do it anymore. Is that ever at the, in the back of your mind that it could just, he could just call you tomorrow and say, ah, I'm spending too much money, this is dumb? I, I think he's past that point, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not to say that it couldn't go back to that, but I think, yeah. you know, since we've become a factory Toyota team and now we've, you know, major sponsors and Bass, Bass Pro and Five Hour and auto owners and all that, you know, it's it's come way more, uh, you know, something I feel like is just going to continue to be there. And, and Barney's just, he's unbelievably, like, cares about people. Like, yeah. you know, I, we always make the joke it's impossible to get fired, <laughs> you know, at our place, which is bad, annoying at times, but, I mean, it's, a, it's just a good thing. I mean, when he makes a commitment to hire somebody, He's putting a commitment in him, so it's like even if something bad were to happen or whatever, you know, I think everybody has confidence to know that he's gonna he's gonna treat you right well enough that you know you're gonna have time to get yourself back on your feet for sure. Cool, I'm good if you are. Yeah, for good. sure. Are you good? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, we have Dario Franchitti waiting on us to drive us <laughs> yeah. to drive us to his buddy Scott. Or, uh, Paul. Scott Paul. Scott so Paul. Scottsdale, Paul. Arizona to see Paul Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where you're going next? Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, Dario's driving the whole way, so we're fine. We can take it. Yeah, nap. we can sleep. <laughs> so. Scottsdale's pretty, pretty, pretty different, sp- different spot. Nice place. It's very red state as well. Yeah. So. More political now. What? He brought, he did it. He said it, not me. You're going to point at the Canadian on I'm this? I'm pointing at the <laughs> Yeah, I got to be. I live in a very unique world that way. So. <laughs> All right, well, Continental's got the check. I'm finished. Cole Pern, how about that? Now, if you uh, don't pay a whole lot of attention to NASCAR, you there was a big cliffhanger there of how they were going to do in the uh, championship finale. And uh, you probably knew this already, but I am very pleased to reveal that Cole would go on to win the championship with uh, Martin Truex Jr. and the entire Furniture Row team. They had a hell of a sort of a a last 20 laps just battling to the end, and uh, they had the winning car, and therefore the winning championship. So congratulations to Cole. Congratulations to everybody at Furniture Row, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, Special shout-out to Mr. David Hart uh, out there who who helped make this all happen. 
And uh, we're going to move on. So uh, this is a band that, uh, once again, submitted through our program. Uh, we were not familiar with them. They are called The Days. That's D-A-Y-Z. Uh, you can find them on YouTube and SoundCloud. Here's a song called Fourth Estate. Come through this, it is our fear. 